You had a ring in your nose? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's that coming out your nose? Yeah. That's some, nose ring. You some kind of lady boy? They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 31 <laughs> of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Hey, Chris. I'm okay. We are also joined by a very special guest, Matt Geisy of Lower Definition. Matt, how the fuck are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. No, this is awesome. Um, so I've been a massive fan of Lower Definition for well over a decade now. Um, you guys are back writing music. How does it feel to get back in the swing of things? Uh, it's been really good. Um, it's a lot harder working around five different careers and uh, life paths. Um, before we were, I think I joined the band when I was like 17 or 18. And it was a lot easier to just um, go to band practice every day and uh, have music be my main focus. And now I'm a uh, electrician. I've been doing that for a long time. I started doing electrical for my dad's company when I was in middle school. Um, Whenever I get in trouble, he'd say, get in the truck. (laughs) That's it, time to work. Yeah, so um, it was kind of like my backup plan, I guess. And um, just kind of pursuing that now. Been doing a lot of that. Mostly just that. (laughs) But the band thing came back in 2019. And we have about 11 songs that we've been tracking and working on. And... um, a lot of them are out of the demo stage and they're like ready to ready to be released. Oh yeah. Ready to be released. And, um, we're just kind of trying to find the time to do it all. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine like with a career that can be unbelievably overwhelming. So I guess my next question is now that you like have a career as an electrician and you're making this music and you're not banking on, you know, making music to make you money is there less pressure when you're writing and recording these songs um the pressure i had back then was just to write good songs i don't think i fully knew how to do that um but since then um, i went to school for music i did a lot of like soul searching on my own in writing music and writing lyrics and like melodies and stuff so i have a little bit better of a grasp now as to how to put out what I want to hear for myself. Um, so in that right, it is more stressful, I guess, because it's, I expect a lot more out of myself. Yeah. And I think everybody else does too. Um, I know Tino's been touring with the Mice and Men for like the past 10 years. So he's come a long way as well, like as a musician and like a performer. And then Mark, um, our guitar player, him and I have been jamming together for 16 years. We've always kind of pushed each other and like pushed the envelope on each other with uh, with what we're doing. So everybody's like opinion of each other is a little stressful. Plus our own inner, you know, music demon that's like, you need to stop sucking, dude. Is, yeah, is like be better yeah is kind of like just as stressful as like oh uh you guys were releasing an album in four months so just jump in the studio and write that real quick you know it's it's a little different stress but it's it's uh 
it's almost more stressful, I guess. <laughs> but Matt, you were talking about the soul searching for writing lyrics and, and melodies. What does that look like? What does that mean? Um, shoot. Kyle's the smarter one that's going to ask more like in-depth questions, and I'm going to be like the surface level guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You put pressure on me now. Yeah, no, because you're, you're way smarter than I am, let's be honest. <laughs> <I> fuck off. <laughs> I guess like through songwriting, I'll like, I'll finish a song and I'll be like, all right, cool, it's done. And I won't release it. I'll, I'll listen to it for maybe a week or two and then I'll stop listening to it for maybe a month and then I'll come back and listen to it again. I'm like, oh, this song sucks. I could have done way better or I should have hit this note or this lyric is like, it's just filler. Like, why did I even do that? So there's a little bit of that. And then in listening to other music, like things that are coming out lately or things that I just hadn't heard before. Maybe an album's been out for like 10 years, but I just never heard of the band or the group or whatever. And I hear it and I'm like, oh, dude, I could like incorporate some of that like funk that band had into like my stuff or whatever or just life experience in general i haven't had a breakup in a long time but um i've i've gone through a lot of roller coaster rides with death and depression and um just things not really going according to plan yeah as far as life goes so that kind of translates over into my writing a lot of the time and then just learning new things like trial and error trying something that's like totally off the wall for myself i think uh god it was probably like 2015 or 2016 i was in this like this hip-hop like r&b mentality where i was like super into writing beats and stuff and my whole life i'd only played rock so to kind of venture out and do that was kind of like a huge uh, obstacle but also a really good like music lesson i guess and i will say not to cut you off here low-end talk slapped i still listen to that all the time oh cool thanks man yeah I, I was a big fan of that stuff right on i actually have a bunch more of that stuff sitting on my hard drive that well, you've got my email yeah yeah for sure <laughs> i would love to listen to that yeah so like when i'm not doing the lower d thing i'm like constantly writing beats or like I got into like writing orchestral and like scores and stuff, just kind of tapping into different parts of my brain and like my capability, I guess, or my gift. I, I wouldn't even call it a capability. I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time. But um, yeah, it's all part of the uh, the journey and the growth, I guess. And I'm sure while you're like experimenting with this other stuff, while it might not be like similar to what you're doing with Lower D, it's definitely helping you when writing stuff for lower D. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more like fluent than I did as a youngster. Yep. I know what works a lot of times and what doesn't. Um, I know parts of my voice that sound really bad and parts of my voice that do sound good. Even like words, like if I sing certain words, I'm like, oh man, that's really terrible. I should never use that word or whatever. <laughs> so when you came back, like, was there any rust when you guys first got back together and started jamming again? Um, not really for me. I think I was pretty much able to jump right in and start like going. So the, the little like backstory behind that was we all agreed to play a show, like a 10 year reunion show for our album, The Greatest of All Lost Arts. And um, we practiced and practiced and practiced and then played the show. And then it was like, 
cool it's over now what <laughs> and everybody was kind of like dude we should like write a song or two like see what happens like if it sucks like nothing gained nothing lost and if it's awesome you know we could like keep playing because we obviously don't want to keep writing stuff together if it's like not anything anybody's in, like not anything we're into we don't i mean not that we don't care if other people like it but if we're not enjoying it we're not gonna do it you know what i mean yeah, so, you gotta have fun like doing it right so we we were like yeah let's write a song and then like months went by nobody wrote anything it was just like okay like we didn't even know how to address or start writing a song because everybody lived in different parts of the state and it was just like we couldn't really work around our schedules to get together and do anything so um mark he came over one night and he's like dude i read a song check it out so i was like all right and it was this it was actually uh you know i can't even tell you what it's called but he played it and i was like dude this is sick so i i worked on it for like a week straight and then we sent it to the band like we're like hey we wrote this check it out and the band was like hell yeah like awesome and then tino's like yo send me those guitar files and your vocals and i'll send it back with my drums on it so we sent it to him and then like a day later he sent it back with drums and we we're like dude this is so sick so eddie came over uh like a week later and started tracking a bunch of guitar to it and it turned out to be a really really cool song so is that song going to be on the album is that one of the songs you've already released it has not been released yet okay it has not seen the light of day but um so the whole thing about the album we were talking about this earlier we announced we were going to release an album right after that song. We were like, dude, we're just going to write an album. So we started telling people like, oh, like Lower D's in the studio. We're going to like write a record. And all we had was one song. So then a couple months go by. All of a sudden we have like 11 songs. Six of them have vocals. And then like five of them are just a bunch of almost songs they're like still like early early demo stages and we're like dude holy shit this is going really fast and um at some point we're like let's slow down a little i think it was me i was like let's slow down a little bit and like really solidify all these ideas let's dissect them let's like make sure everything we're talking about or everything i'm talking about is like worthy of even like being on a album or whatever and um we kind of slowed down a little bit and like got the songs really tight and got them for the most part all of them to a place where we're like all right these are like bangers now like holy shit yep and um <clears throat> we released grief eater that was like the first one we finalized and then we went and tracked this other song called fgrb and when i say we went and tracked um we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> came to my house and recorded. I have a studio here. Yeah. And then um, I went to Dana Point to my buddy Brian and recorded vocals with him. And um, we had Aaron Polly from Of Mice and Men, the singer. Um, we had him mix and master everything. So um, kind of lost my spot. Oh, yeah. So FGRB was the second song we tracked. And then we did Talk About It, which was the one we just released, what was it, two Fridays ago? Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, 
FGRB, we also released that day, but it was on Bandcamp only. It was kind of like a surprise, like secret, like, oh, you like talk about it. Go check this out kind of thing. It was like a little side note. Here's my fanboy coming out. I, I, I heard it. Oh, did you? Loved it. Yep. What did you think? I thought it was awesome. Dude. Like, it's one of those things where, like, I loved all of your old stuff, but, like, you can hear, like, the maturity in the new songs. Like, you guys have just grown so much as musicians and you as a vocalist. It's just, it's really awesome to hear. Like, it 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 just fits. I don't know. Like, there's no way to describe it for me. Like, it, you guys coming back was fucking huge for me. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I go back into the studio October 17th. My buddy Brian that I record with, he just had a baby. So, you know, more life stuff kind of, um, not getting in the way, but kind of postponing the happening of lower definition right now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing it our way this time. There's no label. There's no management team. There's no publishing. There's, it's just us like. Is this song good or no? And if it's not, then we're not releasing it. If it is, then it's going to get released. So I'm not too familiar with like the music scene. So when you're working with a label, are they like telling you certain things to influence you? Like, oh, no, you should do this here. Or we need to release this at this date, so you better start cracking. Is it like kind of like that? That's kind of what happened with us um, with Warner. Uh, not Warner. Uh, Fair. When we got signed, they're like, all right, cool. It was a two album. It was a one album deal with the option of a second. And they were like, all right, you guys are going to the studio in like three months to record your album. <laughs> and we're like, what album? Yeah, <laughs> we have nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of how that went. And then we we were with Chris Crummett literally like three months later. We had a bunch of like instrumentals, but I think I only had vocals for like three songs. So when I got out there, I was like, dude. I got to write so many songs right now for this record that we haven't really had time to write. Here's another thing too. Eddie and Tino and Mark can bang out songs all day, every day, and they're all super good. But for me to write lyrics and like melodies and have them be interesting and like enjoyable, it could take me like three years to write an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just no end to it. It's, like I said, I, I, I'll write something and I'll, I'll lay it down and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I'll listen to it for like a week and I'll get bored of it. And then I'll listen to it, you know, a month later. And I'm like, this is trash. I'm so glad I never <laughs> released this, you know. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It's like I know how to do it, but I don't. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, Matt, um, we talked a little bit before we started recording about how uh, I, I heard you on Swan Casting podcast, and that was a really great podcast, by the way. But oh, you cool. were talking about how some of the themes of the new music you're writing is like mental health, self-help, uh, that type of thing. And I, I was telling you beforehand that that's what we talk about, too, on this podcast. So that was really uh, exciting for me to hear. But is that a conscious choice for you to write about that type of thing? Or is that just what's coming out? Like, can you just talk about that a little bit in general? Yeah, so the initial song that we wrote, it was not a conscious choice to talk about anything I'd been through or witnessed or like anything that was bumming me out. It was more like, I'm just writing a song. I had no game plan or anything, but what came out was so relieving to me and like, damn, what am I even talking about? And I started like dissecting myself and I'm like, dude, you're just bummed. Like, you're sad. 
you're you're 30 i think i was like 32 or 33 at the time and i was like you're just bummed out like life has been such a roller coaster and little backstory i had three friends die in one summer and then my cousin committed suicide in 2015 and when I say he's my cousin, he was like more like my best friend. Like we worked together, we hung out together, we'd work all day together and then go home and shower and then go back out and go get dinner and drinks and like be hanging out all the time. Like every weekend, every night, like constantly hanging out. And he never told me he was bummed out. He never told me that he was thinking about committing suicide or anything. So it was kind of like a, um, I'm trying to think of an idiom, but I don't have one right now. But yeah, it was like, probably the worst day of my life thus far i might i might hit another one someday but that was probably the worst day or it was actually a night that i'd ever had and um i had to go see a therapist i had to i was like starting to see cartoon characters if i stared at the wall too long i'd start seeing things and i was just having a really hard time and um yeah so it came out my music and i was like all right like maybe maybe this is the direction i need to go maybe this is like my healing process and i just kind of went with it and i mean it's not all doom and gloom it's not um it's not like meant to be a sad album it's not supposed to like make people feel better though either um it's just it is what it is and that's kind of where it's at that's kind of what happened <laughs> Yeah, I feel like even though like you could be like, you know, in your lyrics, they might be sad about a sad story. But even if they are, if someone can relate to that, it would make them like feel better. So yeah. earlier you had mentioned like, oh, you haven't gone through like a breakup in a while. Right? right. So during those early releases you guys had, um, I had gone through breakups and listening to your music, although it was sad and about breakups, I was like, this makes me feel better. I'm not the only one going through it. Yeah. So now like we've all grown older, we're adults, we're going through real life shit. Mm -hmm. As sad as the lyrics are, like it, it makes people feel better hearing that they're not the only ones going through it. And honestly, for me as a listener, I feel like the same way. Like I gravitate towards the sad stuff. I want just in general, like when it comes to movies, music, I, just, I want it to make me feel something. Yeah. Yeah, like if I listen to a sad song, I feel better. I'm like, oh man, this guy's life sucks, and then I feel better. <laughs> yeah, like oh, it's <laughs> not that, that sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no nothing's that bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it generally just makes you feel better when things are a little more depressing. So, um, if this is too personal, that's cool. You, you don't have to answer. But um, so you're talking about how you went through some really difficult life events, and and that would make anyone. Uh, sad, of course, but I'm kind of wondering because so I, I read this really great book a few years ago. It's called Touch with Fire, and it talks about how all the best artists, whether it's writers or musicians or painters or whatever, it, it seems that all the best artists deal with some sort of depression or some sort of mental health. So I was kind of wondering, have you always dealt with that type of thing, even when things were kind of okay in your life? Has that kind of always helped you in your art or, or has it always been situation based that you've that you felt kind of messed up mentally i don't know man i feel pretty normal i i would say my my attitude is pretty like good most of the time i do have bad days like everybody else um 
my I had a very good upbringing. My parents were the best. I rode BMX with my friends. My dad took me to the, the bike track all the time, and my mom was always there for me. And I, I have nothing to complain about. I didn't have like a screwed up childhood. I did get picked on in school when I was really young until I became a six one, um, one hundred and sixty pounds. And then people were like, "I'm not fucking with that guy." Yeah, right. I started just swinging at people eventually, and yeah, I think my head's like screwed on pretty straight. Um, but the things that I'd seen and like been through, um, I did hang out with like a rough crowd for a while, like some drug dealers and like some people that were always getting into trouble and stuff. But um, I feel like that was my choice. <laughs> I like put myself in those places and I just as easily pulled myself out of them. Um, I know it's harder for some people like they, they grow up in that and like, there's like no escape, but I kind of like just was stupid and chose to be there for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the key too, is like bringing yourself out of it. Cause I, I have the, like the same, like not story as you, but I, I hung out with some like rough people and like realizing like, Oh, this is not where I want to be in the future. Right. And being able to like recognize that in the moment and then move on and become something else even if that means sacrificing like a couple of really good friends it's what you have to do to you know progress forward yourself yeah uh when one of those buddies of mine died um me and my family went to his funeral and my dad was crying so hard because he called oh man i'm gonna cry damn it dude i hate podcasts I've cried on this podcast before, too. God. So. All right. So <laughs> anyway, we went to the funeral and my dad cried so hard because he knew what was going on with my buddy. And he called my buddy's mom and said, look, I'll pay whatever it costs to put your son through rehab. I just want to see him back to normal because we grew up together. Like we met in like middle school. I think it was like sixth grade. And we grew up together up until... He passed away when we were 25 or 26. But, you know, my dad was like, I'll pay whatever it costs to put him through rehab. I just like want him to be back to normal. I miss him, you know. And, you know, they they were like, no, we can't take that. Like, we can't take that offer. And like, he's just got to figure it out for himself. He's not listening to anybody. And then literally like a year later, he was gone. So. It, it that's kind of like a testament for like who my parents were yeah know? that's that's fucking amazing and then it's also like things take a grip on people like drugs or depression or whatever alcohol i don't know but um i think i kind of lost track of the question yeah. yeah i mean that's all right i um i can relate to that like big time i don't know if i've ever really said this on the podcast because you know I don't want people to know too much and I don't want to throw people under the bridge. But as far as like the drug use and stuff, like I can 100% relate to that. Um, both of my parents are um, addicted to fentanyl. Oh my, God. Um, my brother was as well, but he recently got clean. But honestly, you can envision someone rewriting Breaking Bad and doing a reboot. Uh-huh. My family story could be in that. So... I know how hard it is to deal with that because you you see that person and you know who they were before the drugs took over and you know like how genuine of a person they are 
well before they you know got addicted to drugs so it, it's it makes it like that much harder yeah. down the road to deal with that because that memory you have of them of them being genuine and loving and caring it just it gets tarnished over time and you end up I, I, me personally I, I feel numb to it at this point uh-huh yeah i'm sorry dude that sucks <laughs> yeah but That's you gotta terrible. you gotta do what you gotta do like you gotta move forward you you just take it for what it is and don't let it yeah like put you in the spot like i see that like and i'm kind of like proud of myself for not succumbing to that because everyone in my immediate household but me did so like i see that as an accomplishment myself and that's how i deal with it yeah i guess yeah Jeez. back to kyle's question about if i feel screwed up um or like if that makes me a better writer i don't feel like like i said i don't feel like i'm screwed up but i feel like the things around me are screwed up and i take that weight a lot of times and i use music as an outlet i guess like when all my friends died or like when my cousin died it was like everybody was calling me crying to me and like i was the i was supposed to be the strong one all the time but it was like dude i need somebody you know and i didn't really have anybody that i had my girl thank god but i um it's even hard to talk to her because she's she's going through it too she knew my cousin so when we got that phone call, you know, I'm crying. I threw the phone, I'm crying, and she's crying too. So it's like I couldn't really talk to her. So I wound up having to see a therapist, and she kind of dug me out of my hole. But it was, uh, it was a tough time, and I think everybody's kind of been through something like that. I mean, I said something earlier about growing up in that like environment too where – like your parents are on drugs or they're they're drinking a lot or they're just abusive they're like shitty parents you know it's hard to know what's right and wrong for yourself if that's all you know and um luckily i know better but at the same time i still screw up and make stupid decisions all the time so it's it's just life you know life is you know, it'll chew you up and spit you out, you know, every day of the week. <laughs> it's crazy. And I probably worded it wrong, too, when I asked the question. You ended up answering it anyway, but it might not even be, like, being screwed up or or mentally unwell or something. It might just be being sensitive, for lack of a better word. Like, sensitive yeah, and perceptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even when you were talking about your breakups and stuff. Like, I think there's some people where something like that, I mean, I don't know your situation or whatever, but it could just be a normal breakup. And some people kind of bounce right off that. And then other people feel that deeply and, and then they can draw. From yeah. It. So feel so I think much maybe worse about it. artists that write good stuff and make good stuff just feel things pretty deeply. And it sounds like I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you feel pretty deeply. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, though, like. I guess maybe I am sensitive. <laughs> no, I mean, well, Kyle and I are the type of guys, like, our first episode, we talk about depression and how we're depressed, because the reason why we really started this is because we wanted to normalize talking about things that are, like, getting you down. Yeah. And even having these conversations once a week with Kyle, like, it's helped me learn a lot about myself and um, just get better at dealing with things. Yeah. 
in general, just being able to talk. And I mean, since we started this, I've started seeing a, a therapist regularly and it's helped me out a shit ton. It's crazy, right? Yeah, because it's one of those things. It's like super weird. Like you walk in and they're just like, so what's up? And I'm like, I don't know you. You want me to tell you all my deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets and like what's going yeah. on in my head? I don't tell my wife this stuff. You want me to tell you this stuff? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, some days I'll go into therapy and I'll be like more open and talk about it. And, and other days I'm just kind of like reserved because I've always been the guy that doesn't really talk about their problems. I feel like I don't want to burden other people. Yeah. With what's going on because everyone's going through something, you know? Yeah. You know what's crazy too is like, when I went and finally saw th- I got super hammered one night and jumped out of a moving car going like 35, 45 Whoa. miles per hour. And Jesus. yeah, I was like super depressed and just like super drunk. And I, I didn't know who to talk to or what to do. And I told my parents, I was like, I think I need to go to rehab or something. Like I am not good right now. Yeah. And my mom's like, you need to go see a therapist. That's what you need to do. She's like, you've been through too much. Like, you don't know how to deal with it. You're you're getting drunk every Friday night with your boys or like whatever. And you just need to stop partying. Maybe go talk to somebody. So I was like, all right. And I went and talked to a therapist. Her name was I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but she's... We'll have cool. Jake bleep it out just for dramatic effect. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And um, after that, like... I told people, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm pretty messed up. I had to go see a therapist, you know? And they're like, dude, that's so like big of you to admit to yourself you have a problem or there's something wrong with you and to like seek out help because a lot of people don't like they're, they're, they're afraid to, or they think it's stupid or whatever, but you actually like cared enough about yourself or like were worried enough to be like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get help. I also feel like that's part of the problem these days. And like, I, I have that same thought process, like to see a therapist, there might be something wrong with me. But if you think about it, that's that means you're okay on some level. If you didn't have that stuff going on with all that happened, that would be fucked up. If you just took it in stride and like went to an amusement park the next day or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think that's part of, yeah like what we're talking about here and stuff it's like people have to realize that that's not fucked up going to see a therapist or something like that it's, it should be normal yeah and i feel like it's becoming more normal from our generation i feel i think we're all around the same age like as men we're we're told to be the strong ones like even earlier you referenced like oh yeah my girl's crying like i'm upset but i need to make sure she's okay and i i've always felt that same way like oh let me just push it down push it down until i have a heart attack at 60 because yeah. i have so much suppressed shit but like just being able to talk about it makes I just feel like such like a weight off my chest right and someone's understanding me and getting someone's opinion from an unbiased ear it really helps so fucking much so if anyone listening right now feels like they're going through some stuff and they can't go to a therapist because they don't want to admit something's wrong with you something doesn't need to be wrong with you to go see a therapist yeah even if your life's peachy it's okay to have someone to talk to about the day-to-day trivial shit that you're having trouble with. Yeah. It's crazy, too, to think that there's a lot of people that don't have that available to them, too. Um, yeah, it's a, it's fucking Because it's, it's like, it's almost more important than a doctor sometimes, or like a, you know, a normal physician. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, personally, I've gone to the doctor once since my, um, what is it, pediatrician. 
So uh-huh. yeah, so I'm 30 now. I've seen the doctor one time since I left my pediatrician, which cut me off at 18. Oh, wow. And, you know, I've seen a lot of progress with my yeah. therapist. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the trend. Like you go from pediatrician to therapist. <laughs> that's getting There's old. no doctor in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. You just, you, you figure out the real life shit. Yeah. Nothing can kill you but your brain. My transition was just yeah. pediatricians to uh-uh. doctors at the STD clinic and I'm I'm waiting to go see a therapist, but not yet. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been preaching this for Kyle since we started this episode. I, uh, podcast, not episode. Here's me making up stuff again. So we're 31. This is th- episode 31. So 31 weeks straight. Kyle said he was going to go see a therapist around episode. No, dude, I made moves. I started making appointments. Oh, really? Come on. Didn't, right. well, so when's your yet, first appointment? Started. <laughs> oh, that's like my like dentist appointment. I'm a former dipper. So I'm terrified of the dentist and I will not go, uh, but I have good dental hygiene, you know? So I'm, yeah. I'm terrified to go to the dentist because they're going to say, hey, you have cancer, you're going to die. Yeah. Well, at least you know. <laughs> yeah, at least I'm prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my big thing with the doctor too. So in my um, therapy sessions, I found out that I have anxiety and I'm sure a lot of people hear that and go, yeah, well, everyone gets nervous about some stuff, but I have like legit like nervous tics. Oh, right? really? So even before we started recording tonight, I'm just going to be openly honest with you, my nervous tick came out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So my nervous tick, which we disclosed in the last episode, is I'll get a phantom tickle in my throat and I'll cough to try to get it out, but there's nothing there, so it'll never come out. So I'll cough to the point where I gag. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's like one of those things that was definitely passed on from my mom. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's something my therapist dug up. Yeah. And when I so, say crazy, I don't mean in a bad way. Are you calling me nuts? That, that's <laughs> going to be the clickbait title. <laughs> Matt calls Chris nuts. Chris no longer a fan of Lower Date. Yeah. Matt Matt calls Chris crazy on the uh, podcast about <laughs> depression. Yeah. yeah that, that's the headline. I have a really hard time being sensitive sometimes, too, because I, I work construction and I'm around guys constantly. We're calling each other names and it's like... You're not allowed to feel anything. You cut your thumb off. You wrap it in duct tape and get back to work. You know. Yeah, you rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Yeah. So it's weird being in like a, a post-hardcore band now too, because everybody's like, "Why are you wearing tight pants, boy?" Yeah. What's <laughs> up with that haircut I saw you had in 29? 29. You had a ring in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's that coming out your nose? Yeah. That's some, nose ring. You some kind of lady boy. But I actually, I lucked out too because my work paid for my sessions with the, uh, with the therapist. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. That, that's a pretty rare thing considering it's like, hey, you want to see a therapist? Oh, you don't have health insurance? Good luck. Yeah. Right. Call your mama. Yeah. Talk to your mom. It's like, well, I can't do that. So can <laughs> I have someone else, please? Right. Yeah. So was that super helpful then, uh, going to the therapist at that time? Yeah, yeah. I was so... She told me I had PTSD, and she recommended that I go see a psychiatrist and maybe get on some meds, but I totally, like, didn't do that. I was like, I don't need any meds, really. I, I'm kind of... I'm not really a... I don't do cold medicine. I don't take headache medicine. I don't really... I don't really put anything in me that supposedly fixes the problem. I just try to work it out or like let it ride. 
So. I'm the same as you in that aspect, and I think it might be because of my family history that uh-huh. obviously like very prone to addiction. So like I won't take anything. Yeah. Because I know if I do, who knows? I might like it and end up like them. So that's that's like a constant fear of mine. Yeah, for me, I'm just too lazy to go to CVS when I'm sick or whatever. Because I I like won't even get out of bed. They have a drive-through. <laughs> yeah, I won't even. I won't even walk out to my car or my truck. I, I'll just just die if I have to. I don't even. Yeah, I'm this the typical. It. I'm the typical male when I'm sick. Like you know how women are like, they're sick, but they're still like going to work and cooking dinner and like they can handle it. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're much I'm better the, at handling it than yeah, guys. We're just I'm like, the one, oh, I'm dying, and it's like yeah. you literally have the sniffles. Yeah, that's me. I I, I die. Every time I'm sick, if my throat doesn't like feel well, I'm dead to the world. I can't, I can't do anything. I can't go, and that probably comes along with the diva rock star personality. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so let's shift gears a bit here, back to like um, just kind of lower D coming back together. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about, like obviously, you guys have a a very big following. That's going to bring out positive comments but it also brings out negative comments to just haters online and people that think they sound smarter by having a negative opinion do you ever read like the negative comments and those ever get to you yeah so i love reading the negative comments really i love it so i actually found some like really funny comments and i was sending them to the band and tino was like said something about like wolves don't care about the opinion of sheep or something like that and he was, I, I think he might be more sensitive to people like talking shit. I don't even care. I'm not doing this for recognition or like, I mean, I'm 34 years old with a career and as cool as it would be to like be a rock star one day or whatever, that's all cool. But I don't care. I don't need it. No, you do it because you do it for you. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really care. I think it's funny. Like there was a. There was a comment when we released uh, Grief Eater. This guy's like, oh, like, doesn't even sound like Matt. This guy sucks. They got a different singer. And I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's definitely me, but I guess I suck now, but whatever. Can confirm it was me. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I have like a a sign in on YouTube and stuff. So I'll like go in and I'll I'll check the comments. And I'm so tempted to comment back sometimes, but I don't because it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to be honest, I almost got in a fight for you. Really? Um, when you released Grief Eater. Really? There was this kid, right? So he is also a musician who I want to say is trash, right? It's not very good. Doesn't have a following. He's no lower D. And he was like, yeah, I love this band back in the day, but they should have just called it quits. And I wanted to just say, like, why do you feel the need to post this? As someone who's a musician and putting out music, how would you feel if the your peers were just posting talking shit about what you're putting out like shut yeah. the fuck up but i was yeah. like you know what i can't i can't get into this right now yeah no and and don't ever feed into that stuff for me because you know i'm sitting there laughing i don't i really don't care it's i totally, feel a lot better now yeah it's because totally i was fine. ready to fucking go at this kid <laughs> nah. just like dude chill out like who cares like here's another thing i used to be one of those kids where I was like, oh, you don't listen to this music? Your music's trash. And then I got older and more mature and I realized, oh, music is like subjective. Yeah. Does someone else like it? 
that's fine because that that's who it's for. It's not yeah. for me, so I don't need to sit here and throw my opinions at it. Just enjoy what I enjoy and let other people enjoy what they enjoy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's and no no opinion, positive or negative, is gonna make me do anything any differently. Because I I just do what I do, how I do it, how I can do it, how I feel like doing it, and luckily. I get to share it with people and like, I feel like our fans are like our homies. They're like our friends. They, they, they understand us in a way that nobody in our real lives probably do, you know? And to me, that's awesome. Like if somebody's like, dude, sick song, I'm like, hell yeah, my boy likes it, you know? Or like, oh, my homegirl likes this song. She's probably feeling the same way I did six months ago when I wrote it, you know? Yeah. And that's cool. You know, I I can um I can do it know. with I can do this music with or without anybody ever listening to it. I have a studio at my house. I have a badass sound system in my car. I'll just like bump it to myself if I have to. <laughs> you know, I don't Yeah, exactly, cuz that's what you like to hear. You're putting yeah. out what you like to hear. So, yeah. bump it. Yeah. And I can totally confirm that fact because when I was fanboying like 10 years ago, you'd play me in Words of Friends all the time. So yeah. you saying fans are like your homies? Yeah. Like you've been living that since like 20, 2009. So. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. But yeah, the negative comments don't, they don't matter. I think, um, I don't know. Singing to me is not really a discipline either. I feel like drumming or like guitar playing is more of like a discipline where it's like, oh, this is the scale. This is like how you play the guitar. You pick up and down or like, this is how you hold the drumsticks. You know, so somebody says you suck, maybe it hurts a little more. But with vocals, it's like, this is all you have. <laughs> like, you can't tune your voice. Like, if it yeah. sucks, it sucks or whatever. And and it's just, I don't know, I'm just lucky enough to be able to play with some really talented guys that are really good, or I think they are. And I've taken a few courses on audio engineering and um, music theory. So I think I know what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, it's just fun. It's, it's all for fun, guys. <laughs> Don't have to get pissed off. And I feel like when you're having fun like that, like, that's when you're going to produce the best content. Yeah, for sure. Because there have been plenty of times where I've been like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to record a podcast tonight. But for the most part, like, I really, really enjoy doing this. So when me and Kyle get together, like, it's kind of like my therapy sessions where once we start talking, it's like, okay, thank fucking God. Like, this has been awesome. I'm sure if listening back to like our catalog, you can tell the times where like me and Kyle weren't into it, if that's ever been a thing. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Like you can tell like when you really love what you're doing, you're going to produce better content. You're not yeah. forcing it. It's just coming naturally. Yeah. And and if you go through like our Instagram and you see like 200 comments that are all positive and then one negative comment, it's like probably better that way you want to see somebody not like it you know you're reaching that means you're reaching a crowd outside of your own yeah true and honestly because we had that like i said i referenced it earlier we had that one where one of my good friends had like tore us the fuck apart in an email like when i was sending screenshots to kyle to show him it was like eight screenshots of just straight us getting ripped yeah but we honestly (laughs) like got better from seeing that not that we were like oh we gotta do what he's saying but we we realized a few like some of the things he was saying we're like okay that's a good point 
and other things we were like fuck it this is our show we'll do what we want yeah that's how you should be i mean you're doing it for fun if it's not fun for you then you're not you're not going to want to do it at all yeah exactly sometimes i also like comments like that because you know it's honest like if if you put something out and a bunch of people are like oh cool or good like that might be honest you hope it is but it also could just be them being nice but if they put it if they put any negativity in it you know they're telling you what they think so uh, there's some value to that yeah our band has always encouraged honesty too like we even named our album the greatest of all lost arts which is a mark twain quote where he says the greatest of all lost arts is uh honesty so i mean if you're not being honest that sucks but so you guys you have five members Mm-hmm. It's got to be hard getting five different people on the same page for the same product. I oh, mean, dude, to it's... me, from the outside looking in, never being in a band, not knowing how to play an instrument, no talent, it seems like that would be a hard thing to do. Like, you guys must have a pretty good relationship. Oh, yeah, where... we totally do, yeah. Um, it is It is difficult. It's not, it's not, like, super easy to just, like, have everybody be stoked on a song. There are songs where everybody's stoked except me. Or there's songs where I'm super stoked and nobody else likes it, you know? So that aspect of being in a band is always like, it's it's also fun, but it is it is difficult. Um, but a lot of the time, people are setting, the people within the band are setting a bar for you that you either need to reach or you need to just like give up <laughs> or like be like, all right, this isn't the one then. Like, we'll just scrap this song or... I'll scrap my vocal idea or I'll scrap my lead or my, my drum section here or whatever. But there hasn't been a whole lot of that um, with us uh, recently. It's been very productive, like overly productive as far as like getting songs written. Like I said, we're like 11 songs deep and we just keep going in and like changing stuff. Like Eddie's like, oh, I don't really like my lead here. I'm like, oh, I'll change this and make it more powerful or more aggressive here and then tino will be like dude you should just scream right there or whatever so <laughs> there's a lot of like influence from the other guys and a lot of like i think you could do better or oh this is perfect so everything's kind of situational like per song but um yeah it's it's difficult but it's also why music's fun for us i guess we like a little bit of a challenge it's like a puzzle yeah, or, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, I'm sure it's difficult and like, oh man, I really thought I liked that. But like you said, like you'll listen to something for a week after you record it and say, oh, this isn't very good. Yeah. Someone that's not you, the person who wrote it, will be able to say, yeah, you know what? I'm not really feeling that. So yeah. it, it's good to have that because they can bring you to put out your best stuff, if that yeah. makes sense. Right, yeah. Constructive, constructive criticism. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can... Take that, build on it, move forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So when I had sent this uh, email over to you with some questions, I had put this one in parentheses and said, cheesy, I know. So I guess we'll just get this out. Have you learned anything about yourself through the writing process? Like when you're writing lyrics for your songs, are you learning more about yourself by getting all of this out? Because me personally, like I, I've, mentioned it even earlier during this recording i've learned a lot about myself just having these conversations with kyle i'm i'm sure it's similar when writing songs 
um, have you, you know, learned stuff about yourself and learned how to deal with certain situations better by writing music and putting it out there? Yeah. I don't know if we lost you or if the answer was just yeah. It was just yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> I kind of rambled on a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you totally just led him um, into a yes. That was all he could answer. <laughs> no, honestly, while I was asking the question, I was like, where am I going with this? I think I'm putting too many words in it. So, like, I was thinking and just spewing words out and then, okay. Um... <laughs> No, I can, Sorry, I can, I bad. can, I can try to elaborate. Um, no, it's <laughs> that, was a great moment. that was awesome. I feel like, yes. yeah. I feel like I, I'm going to try to like make sense of this the best way I can. But my, my job is like extremely like physically demanding. I'm up and down ladders all day. I'm carrying huge bundles of pipe. I'm bending pipe, I'm pulling wire. So I'm physically drained most of the time when I get home from work and then I'll sit down and I'll try to like write a song and I'll just be lazy and I will write a melody that I think is cool and then I'll just slap some like random lyrics together that I think sound cool and that's usually the stuff I wind up scrapping because I feel like it's lazy and like not uh it's almost like you're doing it because you have to do it, not because you want to do not, it. Not, like, passionate enough about it. Yeah. And so that's another thing that kind of takes me a long time is just, like, being in the headspace or, like, in the zone to write something that really means something to me. I never release anything that I'm not, like, fully going to stand behind and be like, yeah, and I can literally talk about every single lyric I've ever written and be like, yeah, this is what that meant to me or like what it is. But there's a lot of times where I'll be writing and I'm like, dude, I'm just tired. I just want to get through this or I'm forcing it a lot of the time. Not a lot of the time, but oftentimes I do, I do force myself to write. And that's um, a lot of times just garbage. You know, sometimes something will slip out, like maybe on accident. And I'm like, oh, that's tight. And it will be tight and I'll, and I'll love it forever. But you know, those, those like after work sessions where I just don't feel like it and I probably should just be going to bed, but I'm just pushing it. There's like a laziness about me that I don't love, you know, but I feel like that's super relatable because like there are plenty of people that like get home from work and like, okay, I'm not doing anything else for the rest of the day, but in your shoes, like you're writing an album right now, like you need to produce something. yeah it's just not always gonna be there when you're not in the right headspace and that's the thing too is like we told ourselves we are not gonna like rush anything there's no like big push to get anything out it's just like as we finish songs and get them tracked like we'll release them you know and it'll be fun and i i kind of like thrive to like keep keep going keep going you know and it's like oh we're doing overtime at work today who's staying i'm like i am yeah i'll stay you know but it's like i'm tired dude i really just want to go home want to go hang out with my dog and my chick and just chill you know but i'll do the overtime and then i'll come home and i'm like dude i gotta eddie just wrote a new song i gotta like get on the computer and like try to get some ideas out or whatever and it's like dude it doesn't have to happen right now it'll your computer's gonna be there tomorrow eddie's 
not going anywhere. So just relax. Think about it. Listen to it tomorrow. You might have some better ideas. But I don't know. There's a little bit of mental drive in me that is overpowering my physical laziness a lot of time. Yep. That I've learned is uh, just part of me. Something I did learn about myself. And that's that's not rehearsing the question. I bet you there's probably more about me that I that I've learned, but that would be my quick rebuttal or quick answer would be that, you know. Yeah, and honestly I did a terrible job of asking the question, so Oh no that's on me. I thought it was perfect. I totally knew what you were talking about. I was just being a dick. My man. Alright, so I hate to do this, but I have to take a pee break. I'll be back in two seconds. Kyle, take over. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do the same. I'll talk to myself for a couple minutes. <sighs> I was literally hunched over, legs crossed, like had to go. <laughs> that was bad. I I have a question for you guys. Is that cool? Oh yeah, whatever you got. Um, is there any monumental figures in your lives that you look up to that you think about every day? Like you're like, what would this person do in this situation, or like, what, or like, how could I be more successful, or like more, not even successful, but more like, whatever you see in that person, not like an idol or like a, like a god type figure, but like a a, a normal human being that you just look up to, and you're like, I want to be like that person. Jesus Christ. That's not true, Kyle. Uh, that was a terrible joke because it could be true, but no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, for me, honestly, this is not corny, but my uh, my in laws. So I was, I, I went over like my family history a little bit, and obviously not the best upbringing, but I was very lucky to marry into a very good family. That's awesome, and they've supported me and my wife for the longest time they do everything they can to set us up for success. And her dad in specific is one of those people where if he wants to learn something, he'll pick up a book, read it, learn it, master it. Like he's a self-taught carpenter. Um, when we, we bought our house, we had to like remodel the whole thing. Uh-huh. He taught himself how to do that stuff and then helped me remodel the entire house. And oh, it came wow. out fucking excellent. That's and I'll see like random books in his bookshelf, like networking for dummies. And I'm like, you're not an IT guy. Why do you need to learn this? And he was just curious. Oh, wow. So for me, it would definitely be my father-in-law because he is definitely an inspiration to me. And I'm following in his footsteps as much as I possibly can because they are very successful. That's awesome. Kyle, how about you? Um, Kind of changed throughout the years. Like I've always been big into podcasts and listening to different people. I was a pretty big Joe Rogan fanboy for a while. Not really anymore, but he influenced me a lot in my early mid 20s. And sometimes there were some things I was afraid to do, like moving from my home state to Texas or or other things like that. And um, Rogan just always talks about how he kind of went after whatever he wanted in life, whether it was like martial arts or comedy or whatever. He just kind of did things. And that was always what I was what I needed. I'm kind of a big procrastinator and really lazy. So I looked up to him for a while. That's sick. Do you have someone like that in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have a few. My dad was always that for me. Still is. He's um eighty six years old. 
Um, he's got stage five kidney disease. And uh, we were told about eight months ago, he had two months to live. And uh, he just turned 86 and he's still kicking. But he's always been awesome. Um, he was an electrician as well, like I said earlier. But um, I ran into somebody he used to work with. He was a drywall guy. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, your dad was the coolest guy, dude. He's like, I would cover his boxes sometimes. And like, he wouldn't even get mad. He wouldn't, he wouldn't cuss me out or anything. He's like, I'd, I'd work with other electricians and they'd be like cussing me up and down, telling me I'm a dumbass or dipshit or whatever. And your dad was always like, Hey, I have a box here that you covered, you know, whenever you get a chance, can you cut it out or whatever? And he was always like respectful to people. Um, when I worked for him, he never like, Okay, so in in contrast, the company I work for now, if you screw up, you're, you're a dipshit or an idiot or, like, you know, a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a fucking moron. Why would you do that? Yeah, like, yeah, like, you, you might as well just die. Yeah, but, might as well, because you're no use yeah, here. Yeah, but working for my dad, he was always, like, super nice, super respectful, and, like, if you did piss him off, he wouldn't show it. He would just show that, like disappointment and then give you like constructive criticism on how you can improve going forward no he wouldn't even talk to me he would just he would just show me that he was disappointed and that hurt way more than him calling me a piece of shit yeah but um yeah so that's he's like my main he'll always be my main dude he's like my best friend we talk about everything and like he's always been super chill and then um, I have another buddy that I met at the company I work for now, and he's just like my dad and my cousin. He laughs like my cousin, but has a temperament of my dad. He's just super laid back, super chill. And, um, yeah, I think I, I look up to him a lot. Like I know him. We just went to the river. Um, he took me out to the river for my first time. He's got a boat and him and his wife took me and my fiance out and, um, showed us a really good time. And he's he's taught me a lot of stuff about just life in general, um, and just like working through it, and and um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It, yeah, but it's always, so important having those people in your life, like someone that can help you get through stuff you're going through, someone that may have experienced that stuff in the past. Like just having someone to bounce those ideas off of, someone with experience, and someone obviously you can like look up to. So like when you're you know, trying to forge your own path, you can kind of take notes from that person. It's it's so important to have that. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, so I've been like every time I hang out with like new friends or like meet new people and we're hanging out for a very long time and it's probably time to go home and it's getting quiet. I usually ask that question and then keep the conversation going for like another hour or two. But I was curious if, if you guys had any uh, inspirational people in your lives. And I'm glad you do. That's important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely for me, my father-in-law. He's um, he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, he did this. He was successful. I'm gonna do that as well. And I'm lucky enough to have his support and help throughout the whole way, so I don't fuck up on my own. Because I honestly like feel like I'm a more like a moron. Like any decision I like, big decision I have, I like run it through him first. And oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that person to run it by, because. With me, like, I always get, like, super anxious and I'll overanalyze things and, oh, is this the right decision? Can I handle this right now? 
having that person to just say, hey, you're going to be okay, like, it's so important. Yeah, that's tight. So, Kyle, you said Jesus like Christ. Um, do you have another answer? <laughs> well, my answer, <laughs> my joke answer sucked and my real answer sucked. I, I feel like uh, I'm not doing someone justice in my life, but I can't really think of anyone like that. Sorry to everyone that did that for me, but I can't remember, you know. Someone's going to be like, anybody? I've been pushing this kid, giving him advice since he was fucking 12, and I couldn't even get a shout on the pod. No, so, I did it all myself. It's all been me since day one. Something, yeah. man. But I feel like, Kyle, like you, you're good at making decisions for yourself. Like, for instance, you even having the balls to just move to a different country because you weren't happy where you currently were. I feel like that takes balls. I guess so. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, and so, how's that going? Ah, uh, it's good, man. Yeah, I think whenever those times have happened to me when I've like left and went different places, it was always something I knew I wanted to do like deep down instinctually, and it took me a while to make the decision. But yeah, th- there is something in me. I think everybody's got that, right? Where like it's telling you what you need to do, but it's hard to listen to that. You guys have that? Yeah, there's just like more risk involved. Not not more risk, but like. For me, I'm very cautious about my decisions. Like I don't I don't have like for lack of a better word, balls to take like that risk. Like yeah, they- in my head, I see your life and I'm like, Kyle's doing it right. He moved to a different country. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a there was a couple like breakups and then a couple times when I moved where it's like, I know if I don't do this, I'm gonna be miserable. And yeah, I just kinda followed those. For me, I ride it out. I'm like, all right, I can fix my current situation where I where I am. I can I can get through this and move on. That might be healthier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Is I don't it? Know. I don't know either, man. Depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's different. I feel like I relate to that, Kyle, because I am the same way. Like I will remove myself from any situation I'm not totally happy with. I mean, I toured for six years in a van, so I'm yeah pretty risky i don't really care too much about like material things or like living a certain way i can do whatever as long as i'm happy you're like living that minimalistic lifestyle and you know like me i went to school i did like the typical thing you you go to school you get married you get a house you die yeah so i did that like typical quote-unquote safe route and I'm, i'm not saying i'm not happy where i am i'm very happy where i am i'm very happily married you know, I have a house. I'm, I'm doing things that I want to do. Is your wife in the room? No, she's not. She's not. <laughs> okay. okay. She's, she, I, I, you know, I, we're very open <laughs> on this podcast. And there are times where she's like, what the fuck, dude? And I'm like, hey, sorry. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when, you know, your husband does a podcast and talks about mental health stuff. But no, yeah. she's not in the room. But she will listen to this, which is why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Matt. I'm going to have to have a conversation about this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just actually got engaged about a month ago. Hell yeah. Uh, So when's the... uh, So this is going to sound super stalkerish. Like, I've followed you, obviously, for the past, like, 11 years. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I know your fiancé is, like, at on Instagram. So you've been together for a while. This sounds so stalkerish. Have you been talking to her, Chris? Have you been playing words with friends with her? No, but no. I'll just see, like, the fucking... Like, he'll post something and put, like, at... Noelski, follow her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll see that, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's still with the same girl. So how long have you guys been together? 
We've been together almost eight years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when's the wedding? And are you, is Laura D playing the wedding? So like, are you going to like do, you know, the reception, all that jazz, then you get up and you start doing the songs? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, um, we're, we're shooting for April 30th of 2022. Cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know how to explain what I feel for her. It's weird. Kyle's on the exact opposite well, not really, because you're in a long-term relationship. Not long-term, but you're in a uh, um, monogamous relationship now. Kyle has been the guy that's done open relationships for almost ever. Um, I've always been like the one girl, like, this is going to be, we're going to work on this relationship, see where it goes. And if it doesn't work, move to the next. Because his wife's Kyle, always in the room when we talk about this stuff. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's in bed. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. Please remember, it's 10.49 on the East Coast. I got work at 7. All right, all right. <laughs> right? So, she's sleeping. But Kyle's <laughs> always been like the open relationship type guy, and he's just finally dipping his toes in the exclusive relationship. So, he's oh, on really? the opposite plane as us. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I was. I was, when I was younger, I was just kind of like, whatever. Like, if you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. You know, whatever. And then I did get into a serious relationship. It was only serious because I felt very deeply connected to her. Yep. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. It just didn't feel like it anymore. It was just not. So was that you not feeling like it or was it just like a mutual like, hey, you know, I don't want to do this? I think it was more me. I don't know, dude. I was young. I, I think I was 23 or 24 or something when I got out of that, but... Yeah. I, I I still felt like young and like I wasn't ready to like get married and like settle down. Like I wanted to experience life and other people, and so that's what I did. And I did that for a couple of years. I was just doing my own thing, hanging out with the boys, playing a lot of music, hoeing around, uh, hoeing around. Yeah, hoeing yeah. around. I was like, yeah, you know, like if I don't know how to like say it without sounding like a douchebag, but. That happens to yeah. us a lot where it's like, hey, I'm going to sound like a real asshole here, but... Yeah, like, I was just getting to know a lot of different people, you know, and just, I guess that's the nice way of saying it. Like, well, just, dude, there's nothing wrong with that either, and like... that At all. I mean, I kind of feel like a, a scumbag for... This is like one of the one of the lower things I wanted to ask you, but um, oh, you know, as a musician in, in that hoeing around phase you guys are pretty popular like that must have been really fun right <laughs> <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge well another thing when i said hoeing around i also said i was not cheating on anybody that's the important part and you know kyle always makes that distinction too sure sure yeah yeah right yeah. so you guys can relate there i had a girlfriend for pretty much the whole time i was in lower d like the first phase of lower d so I was not having a whole hell of a lot of fun. Oh, I did meet a lot of, I did meet a lot of really nice females who were very nice, and they had a lot of nice things to say to me. But I did not partake in any activities that would have been looked down upon by my female counterpart. So now I gotta say, it's quite obvious that your fiance is not in the room. She is not <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> um, I I lost my train of thought. That happens a lot too. 
We'll be in an hour and 20 minutes before me losing my train of thought, though, so that's good. <laughs> Does any part of you regret that now? Like, now that the relationship didn't work out, do you, do you like, look back out on uh, missed opportunities? No, because I, I, I gave it an honest effort. I proved a lot of stuff to myself, too, about, like, my, uh, my capacity to say no to things that... Cool. Probably should. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't. I don't regret any decision I've ever made. Really, I'm. I'm like a pretty straight up guy. Like I. I'm honest. I. I try not to hurt people. Um. But yeah. No, when I was single, dude, it was. That, that's a, cool. That, it was a blast. It takes a lot of integrity. So yeah, you definitely prove something to yourself there. But what you're doing sounds fun too. <laughs> no, well, he's a, he. He's exclusive now. now. <laughs> he's exclusive. Oh, he's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So how's that going? Yeah, how's that? Going? And why? And I, why is that? Why is that any different than any relationship you'd had before? Like, what made it like more serious for you? Um, I guess, I guess I kind of feel like I had to, I had to be true to myself back when I was doing the open relationships and, and hoeing around, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I know that's that phrase sucks, huh? No, I, I kind of like it. I'm gonna use it. Um, no, that, okay. it really is like a fantastic phrase. Okay, but I feel like it's only because I did that hoeing around that I felt more comfortable, kind of settling into something. And it's like it's like I chose her from a place of having other experiences rather than being like uh, like she's the first one I found or something. And 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 like you said, I, I felt like we connected really deeply right from the start and. Yeah, and, and there's there's also a period, too, where, especially when you feel really deeply for someone, you don't even want anyone else. And that's that's kind of yeah. what I'm feeling now. That sounds so weak. <laughs> no, it's not weak. It's honest. All right. Is she super hot? Really hot, yeah. Yeah, well, good boom. for you, dude. There we go. There you go. That's all you got to do. Just uh, feel feel deeply for somebody that's super hot. Yeah, forget all the other stuff. We don't really have a connection. She's just pretty hot, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about yours? Is she super hot? Or Chris, you can answer that too. You probably look at her pictures pretty often. Good to yeah. Dude, no, I've never actually <laughs> been to her Instagram profile. I've just seen the tags. My chick is super hot, nice. dude. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. She, uh, the thing about her is so like, she's so compassionate and so understanding. And like when I'm pissed off and I'm being a dickhead, she's like, what's her phrase? You have every right to feel how you feel. Mm. Super progressive. But don't take it out on me. And I'm like, whoa, all right, for sure. So I'm going to go be pissed off over here then. But you're, she's you're like, right, I am mad. Yeah, she's like, she just gets it, dude. I don't know. It's just weird. Does that make you more yeah. pissed off sometimes? Like, no, I don't. I don't have the right to be pissed off. No, it, it it like totally validates everything I'm feeling, really. And then she's just basically saying in a nice way, like, you're being a dick. Don't take it out on me kind of thing. And I get it. And it makes sense to me, like, when she says it. When I, even, even when I'm seeing red. I always feel like an asshole when I hear that, though, because I have, like, the same situation. And it's like, you know what? I am being a dick. You had nothing to do with it. And I'm, I'm, you're still feeling the repercussions of it. Yeah. So I'm trying to. Think. That's just how me like, be say... a better person in general. Like it's not this person's fault. Just kind of accept it. Because I used to be such a fucking asshole. Honestly, <laughs> like I worked in 
I was a server for a while, and I was just such a dick to every person that sat at my tables because I assumed they were out to get me. And I, I don't know, just having that one person that's like, all right, you have every right to feel this way, but like it's not my fault. And it makes me realize, like, don't take it out on people in your regular life as well. Well, yeah. I mean, in your defense, though, working with the public's pretty nasty, dude. Oh, it's brutal. Because you get you get people who have had a bad day and they just take it out on you. You were a server. Yeah, so I'm I'm relying uh, on tips. So if I got shitty yeah. tips, dude. Oh god, I. Yeah. All right, so I have this one story. I worked at like this Italian restaurant. I walk over to the table before I start saying hello. I'm like, hi, my name is, and they go, bread. Can we have bread? <laughs> like that's so fucking rude. Yeah. So you know they're rude throughout the whole thing. I open like the, the the book at the end of the night, and the tip was shitty. But hey, their cards there. They forgot it. Guess where that went? Right in the fucking trash, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was bad. Like I would, I would ruin people's cards with like the magnets. Like if they were rude uh-huh. to me, I had like a magnet name tag, so I would just take it and scrape it on the uh, the mag strip, so they couldn't use the card going forward. You inconvenience me, I inconvenience you. You bag. <laughs> I'm not a douchebag. They shouldn't have treated me like shit, dude. <laughs> Two wrongs, buddy. That makes yeah. right. That, I mean, yeah, in my head, it makes at you least. makes you, you feel got better, the bread, though, right? They got the bread. All right. Well, then. and you know what? You know what? That reminds me. As I was bringing the bread, I dropped the bread. They go, "Where are our drinks?" And I went, "You wanted fucking bread so bad, so I brought the bread as soon as possible." And now you're mad I don't have drinks. I have one hand. I have two hands, not one hand. Yeah. I have multiple. I'm not an amputee. I think a lot of people, like when they're hungry too, like they just look at servers like they're automated, like robots. We kind of are in like a so corporate like, environment. Cause, Hi, would yeah. you like a perfect margarita? Like you know, we have that programmed in our head, so it's kind of on us. It's not, yeah, it's not really their fault, I guess. But yeah. it sucks. It sucks being the automated robot and being like, oh yeah, this is my life right now. Yeah, it's unless you brutal. like that. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. We are way off topic with anything lower D related or anything I, I would feel comfortable talking about because I, you know, the, I have things to say that are probably not the, uh, I don't know, I don't think the vast majority would agree with some of the stuff I say. I mean, so. that's fine. That's usually what we do on this podcast. We'll start with a topic and yeah. by the end of the time. I guess I should just follow up. With my last comment and say, if you're a server, I don't think your job sucks. You don't think the job sucks? I don't think the job sucks. Like, if you like the job, that's awesome. Oh, no, yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah. it depends. You need to have, like, a certain personality. Like, it's more of, like, the, I can stay up late. I'm going to go out and party afterwards. Like, it's definitely a lifestyle, like, that I enjoyed. And yeah. the quick money, like. In my own opinion and my experience, like, it was not a good fit for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, some people... Some people kill it. Dude, I definitely enjoyed it. Like, it, you get yeah. paid every night. There's no, like, oh, I got to wait for my check Friday. It's like, here's some quick money, especially while I was working through school. Like, it was awesome. And I gained a lot of social skills from, like, working in a restaurant. So, like, I took a lot out of it. That's good, man. Yeah, it was one of those things I definitely took advantage of, like, learn from and apply now in my daily life. So... I do have to bring one thing up with Kyle here because we do challenges every week uh-huh. just to like kind of get ourselves on track. Last week, it was like no fast food or takeout. Kyle failed and he tricked me into think, thinking he cheated on his current girlfriend. So it was a very awkward conversation for a minute. And then he told me he cheated on his diet and he got takeout. So he had to just post a picture of his gut 
And the challenge this week was a hundred crunches a day. And, you know, I did it the first night and then I just completely forgot about it. So now I have to post a picture of my double chin on Instagram with no explanation. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm going to work on it right now as far as the picture goes. But he's um, cheating, Matt. He's got a beard. So it's like we're not really going to see the full double chin. I, I don't really like that. I think you should shave first. Oh, I yeah. can't change my whole look just to talk, fucking take a picture of my double chin. I can send it to you to, for approval first. Can you take a pic of a double chin with a beard? Does that even work? I don't think it does. You know, that's not my problem. I think that's a... Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, sounds like a technicality that you need to take care of, Chris. You need to, you need to shave that beard. And you need to sh- you Thank you. You know, I have the picture up right now, and you need I'm to stretch your stuff. I got to at least trim it. So I'll trim it and then post it. So yeah, Kyle posted a picture of his gut last week, and he was like, should I post that with the W negative? I was like, listen... You know, we got Matt from Lower Definition coming up. Maybe we shouldn't lead with, like, pictures of your stomach on the Instagram with no explanation. <laughs> but we need a challenge this week, and it would be great. Let's think of something as a group. What can me and Kyle do this week? And feel free to join us, obviously, but we got enough going okay. on recording an album. we got to think of something we have to do every day and then a punishment. Well, that's actually a great transition, like, because, uh, Matt, we usually do, like, like self-help stuff, like new diet, nutrition. We did meditation one week. So do, do you have anything like that in your life? Do you, do you have any sort of a regimen or, or something you try to do regularly to try to make yourself feel better in general? Oh, my God. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. I, uh, <laughs> shoot, man. I am full steam all the time. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, get to work, come home, pet the dog, and then I'm either doing yard work or working on music or shoot i guess i haven't damn you just put me in check dude i haven't really been checking in on myself yeah all right so this is a challenge all three of us have to do but but hey but hey check this out do you guys ever fold your laundry my wife does that for the most part no yeah i got someone doing that too yeah what i okay so i love doing that this is gonna get me in hot water but i purposely fold the laundry shitty like if wherever like Hey, we got to do laundry. I'll do it like terribly. So my wife just says, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. Really? Yeah. I just ruined that for the rest of my life, but I, it was worth it. Do you, do you guys make your beds in the morning? No. (laughs) Nope. All right. So here, make your bed every morning for a week. All right. Oh, damn it. Yeah. This sucks. Because, Hey, you know what? If that's the first thing you do every day, like when you wake up and you make your bed, you've already accomplished something. That's true. Like we are always proponents. No, we're yeah. proponents of like yeah. the building momentum. Like if you're depressed, pulling yourself out of a rut, like start small because being in like a depressed state, it's not as easy to go do the thing you love to do. Like you just don't want to do anything. So yeah, you're starting, you're starting the day with an accomplishment. It might be small, but you actually did something. And I think that I've always made my bed. Unless unless Noel's like still asleep, I get up at four, like I said, so it's really easy for me to like not have to make the bed. But if she's not here, or if you know she's, I don't know, if it's like a Saturday and she gets out of bed and hops in the shower, I hop out of bed and I make the bed every day. So this is the challenge that you can't really partake in because I mean it's something you're already doing. Yeah. What's something? You're, is that why you pitched it? Because you're like, I don't want any part of this. Like I'm just gonna tell him something I do anyway. <laughs> Well, I just know a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. So we got to think of something that, you know. 
that I well, don't. I, do. I like it because you do, you don't do it, Chris, and you can, right? I think that that was just my way of like spinning it on Matt and like me not having to do it. So uh, fuck it, yeah, we'll make the bed. Well, I want to say. I want to say theoretically and philosophically, I love it because it's, it's a great concept, building momentum, achieving something and all that. And I will do it. I, I will do it. I will participate in this challenge. But practically, I hate the idea. I'm just going to get in the bed the next night. It doesn't even look that bad. I don't care if my bed is made. That's all I wanted to say. I will do it. I like it. Okay, idea. sweet. All right. So that's it. And as punishment, I think the gut picture is just too good. I think we should just stick with the gut picture. Or, like, uh, it should be bed-related. Like, you have to sleep on the floor for one hour. Oh. Like All right, yeah, I guess. Oh, that's kind of yeah. But the public <laughs> shaming tough. has also been a good thing for me. But, yeah, I have to sleep on the floor. So, all right. That's, yeah. And, it, and you know what? You're, you're kind of, like, showing respect to the bed. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm not you putting know? in the effort to make you all right. So why, why would you do the same? Yeah, it's like, why, why should you get to lay on me if you don't have the respect to make, <laughs> yeah. make me We always kind of, like, have, yeah. like, some sort of message. Like, you know, Kyle posting the gut. Let's get over the body imaging issues we talk about, you know? Let's get it out there and just fucking get over it. <laughs> so now we're showing more respect to beds in general as people. I mean, we spend most of our time with our beds. Yeah, True. I've been trying to like, I mean, I need to get like, I want to spend like too much money on a bed, like just to be as comfortable as possible while I'm sleeping because it's so, we spend so much time in there and I'm just like, yeah, let's just get a mattress that has enough room. I need to spend dude like an irrational amount of money on a bed. Me and my chick bought a bed for, I think it was like 3,400 bucks, Jesus. but dude, it's life changing. Oh yeah. Like, See, I need that. You don't know what you like. So I've good. never experienced it, so I don't know what I'm missing. But I'm sure once I have that, I'm never gonna go back. Like you can't. No, and you know beds last for like fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. So it's a good investment. It's good for your back. You get good rest. And honestly, man, like if you, I don't know if you have a TV in your room. Oh yeah. I mean, like your master bedroom or whatever, but you'll never leave the room if you've got a TV and a dope bed. Like, you'll just be kicking it all the time. I don't know if that's going to help my depression at all, because I have, like, a hard enough time getting out of bed sometimes. <laughs> so having, like, a bed that's yeah. like, dude, this is perfect. I'm like, yes, this is it. Yeah. But every time you leave the bed, if you make it, you make that bed, you know, you won't get back in it until it's really time to go Mimi's. Yeah. Or Nana. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, you don't want to mess up that clean bed. Yeah. That's it. All right. <laughs> so I think the punishment is going to be just posting your gut on, on the internet again. Because I think that's a good... Or, and the floor. Gut and the floor. Because I need some sort of public shaming. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Cool. So going for like an hour and 40. I think we can wrap it up now. Matt, honestly, this was fucking awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. You have an open invite. Yeah. Anytime. My you pleasure. Come on. My Please do. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. So plug everything yeah, you got to plug. Lower Definition Instagram, okay. music. Yeah. At Lower Definition Official. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. We're on Bandcamp. Sound. I don't know if we have a SoundCloud, actually. I don't even know. We have a Facebook, Lower Definition. Um, I think there's like some like Reddit feeds about us or something. But we are constantly writing we're going to be releasing another song very very soon i can't give you the date yet but yeah there's a lot of material on its way i was gonna ask the date so i'm glad you added that because i was gonna ask when we're gonna get new songs 
Yeah, we kind of move in silence and violence. So like we don't we don't ever tell people what we're doing. We like to um, just do it our own way. I feel like it makes it more so. of a big deal. You know, like when I see like oh lower definition drop a song, I'm like gotta listen to it right now. Like, yeah, it's more exciting. Yeah, no, that's the way to do it. All right, Kyle, any closing remarks from you? No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, thanks for being open and thanks for just being generally chill. It was really fun talking to you, man. Yeah, you too, man. All right, awesome. Bye. Bye. This is life being bound to love.